The Bible Like It's Reality TV. Hey y'all, I'm Kristen. And I'm Janae. And welcome to the KJV Bible for Basics. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today we are spilling tea. Are you ready? Because here we go. What up y'all? Welcome back. So excited that you guys are joining us here on the KJV Podcast. We have another episode of my personal favorite Patty series. Jesus, Patty, Jesus, Patty, Jesus, Patty, Patty, Patty. Yes, we love Patty slash Savage Jesus. And we're back to give you guys another story that we found very entertaining about our, our everybody's favorite Lord and Savior. Yes, super entertaining. It's one of my favorites. Yes. So, Kristen, what are we talking about today? All right. So, the name of today's episode is You Really Woke Me Up For This? Right. Okay. So, let me tell you what was going on in this story, all right? So, Jesus had been with the disciples, with the homies like he always is, and he was doing miracle after miracle after miracle. So he had healed um, in the the scriptures coming up right before this. He had just healed Peter's mother-in-law oh, yeah. from like dying. Um, he held him uh, healed a man with leprosy. Then there's this whole story of this centurion, which is like a soldier who oversees all these people and his servant was sick and Jesus healed him. And at, basically I'm telling you all of this just so you know, this man was tired. Okay. <laughs> Jesus was tired, Janae. He had been working so hard. Do you, look, can you imagine how much energy it probably took out this man to Bruh. heal people? Bruh. He was, and he, he wasn't in a car. He wasn't on a plane. He was walking. Right. On, I can't walk up my stairs to my apartment <laughs> without getting winded. This man was walking and healing people. Yeah, it reminds me of um, the Green Mile. Yes! <laughs> Whenever he would heal somebody he, and he'd be he, asleep for the whole day. About passed out dead. Right. Yes. So this man was tired. Jesus had been working, saving, doing miracles left and right, and he was tired. So after all this work, and he had just got done preaching to all these people, which is that in itself is tiring. Talking to folks wear you out. Right. So him and the disciples, they hop on a boat. Okay, and while they're on this boat, you know they're going um, across the 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 lake or what the sea, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and he decides to go to sleep and take a nap because what do you do after people been in your face all day asking you all kinds of questions, trying to like get you to do all kinds of stuff? What do you do? Sleep. You take a nap. You take a nap. So Jesus goes down in the bottom of the boat and he's chilling. He's taking a nap. He's sleep. He knocked out. He ain't paying no attention to nobody. And this huge, crazy storm comes. And it was like, I'm trying to think of like a good example of how bad this storm was. It was like a tsunami meets tornado meets hurricane mm-hmm. all at once. And like the entire sky is dark and crazy and the wind's blowing and this storm freaks all the disciples out. Like they're boohoo crying and <laughs> terrified at this point. Like like so scared they're probably like killed in the corner of the boat, fetal position, crying for the mothers. They are terrified. So instead of waiting the storm out or trying to like, you know, take care of the boat by themselves, they think that they are going to die. 
that they have convinced themselves that they're going to die, and they go and wake Jesus up. Right. They wake this man up from his freaking nap after he has spent all this time working. Like, let that man sleep. I hate being woken up from my sleep. I don't care if it's a five-minute nap. Like, leave me alone. alone. And, like, it's the equivalent to waking somebody up after working an 80-hour work week. They have pulled doubles every single day of the the week. And they it's their first time they get a chance to take a nap. And you wake them up. So Jesus, he get up and being petty like he is, he's like, all right, Storm, go away. And then he looks at the disciples and was like, really? Like, really? And what he says in the scripture is, oh, ye of little faith. But when I hear him say it, it was basically like, what is wrong with you guys? Like, why would you really wake me up for this? So that's our story today about how they woke my mans up from a nap because they were scared of this. I mean, it was a big storm, but they were scared of this this storm. And Jesus, you know, pedally tells them, pedally pedally tells them, (laughs) oh, ye of little faith. If you've been raised in the church, you know this story. You've heard this story Listen, a million times. First of all, can we talk about how the pettiest thing he said was, oh, you of little faith? Because for real, for real, if you've grown up in church, you know that that is the equivalent of bless your heart. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. It is. And this is, one of, uh, this is one of the other statements. Like, if you heard me last week, sometimes when we hear it, like, preach certain, like, things that he said preach we we're kind of taught that they're said like quietly and gently oh ye of little face they woke my mans up man you can get my son on this podcast and ask what he does when he wakes me up from my sleep he get a good clean cuss out okay (laughs) so you cannot tell me that after they woke this man up that it was a quiet gentle mild oh ye of little face he went slam off on them And keep in mind, he was asleep during this tsunami hurricane thing. So, you know, he was good in sleep, right? Right. And they said he had a cushion. So, you know, he had like them, them sleep lines on his yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. He had a little crust, a little jewel on the side. Like, my man's was knocked out. Do you know knocked how? Knocked out. Have you ever like woken up, Kristen, have you ever woken up and like realized like, oh, it was raining? <laughs> like, like you know what I mean like oh it was a, right you know right. No, that, no I feel him that good sleep because there has been times where I woke up and like there's trees down in my yard right and I'm you're like, like huh it stormed what so he was good sleep and they woke him up you know he was angry you know he was he was mad so Jenna, we've talked about this story um my whole life growing up i've heard it a thousand times now that we're here and we're bringing it to ukjv the bible for basic style what have you learned from this story that you might not have caught growing up first of all i learned that rest is a good thing And the closest I've ever been to being like Jesus is when I'm asleep. Amen? Amen. Amen. (laughs) That was the realest thing I've ever heard because as soon as my eyes awake, my salvation goes down at least 5%. Yeah, absolutely. Take a nap. Like, there's several instances in the Bible, slight side note, but there's several instances in the Bible where they prioritize a nap. I forget what prophet it was that was like angry and like wanted to like die and was like suicidal. Wasn't it Elijah? I think so. I think I just saw a meme the other day that 
that was like, let's not forget the time that Elijah was like going off and yeah. then he took a nap and ate. <laughs> yeah, the literally, no, literally, okay, so literally Elijah is like suicidal. He's angry at God, all these different things, and God is literally like, hey, here's some food, take a nap. Right. And then he wakes up and he's like, everything is he fine. He basically gave him a, sar- <laughs> a sandwich and a pillow. Yeah. And, and homie was good. So, period. So, listen, first things first. Rest in peace, uh, Uncle Phil. And the second thing is, like, take a nap. Like, if you feel some type of way, take a nap. That's what I'm saying. If you learn nothing else from today's episode, learn from Jesus that you better take a gosh darn nap. Sleep, y'all. And I'm going to take it a step further and just assume that they had some type of fish fry before this, before they hopped on a boat. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Because they didn't know how long it would take them to get to the other side. So, you know, they ate a little something, you know, had a little fish fry and a little mac cheese, you know what I'm saying? Had a little collard greens, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Had a little hot sauce. Belly was full. full. My man's laid down, found him a little, little corner, you know what I'm saying? You ever been at the cookout and you just find, like, the perfect comfortable chair? You just take a... Yeah, that's what happened. That's what happened in my mind. My man, and if they had wine with it, because I know a couple couple cups in at the cookout, I'm over there, I shut so. Just kidding, y'all. Just kidding, but also not. Right. So, <laughs> so, yeah, that was one of the main things that I got from uh, this story. One of the other things that I got that's a little bit more practical and a little less ratchet, but I still like, is that really with the disciples, and you may have heard this from your favorite preacher as well, but it really was just, it really just hit hard for me just about like the state of the disciples because if I'm being for real for real if I was one of the disciples I probably would be scared too mm-hmm. and absolutely <laughs> terrified and really what this hit me on the head with like a, a little bit of conviction what because a lot of times for me personally I ain't talking about y'all because I know y'all are y'all are so saved 100 percent saved and I'm only 92 percent saved on a so, good day on a very good day that's where I'm at and so um they were watching the storm and not watching God. Mm, like, so literally, funny. Jesus is God in human flesh. And their whole perception, their whole, like, they were just so fixated on the storm that they didn't even realize the state of Jesus. Because here's the thing. Had they have even realized, like, really thought about it, I'm sure they knew, like, okay, he's sleeping. But it really didn't hit them, like, listen, this is the son of man. Like, this is God. He, he sleep right now during the worst storm that you've ever seen in your life. Don't you think there's nothing for you to worry about? That's so good. Like, do you really think that? Um, my bishop uh, told this story during a sermon a while ago, and I just love it because I feel this way all the time. Or now, after he said it, I, I claim that. He basically was saying that he was on assignment. He got called assignment from God. And it wasn't even like a place he even wanted to go necessarily. It's not like he was like, oh, come to the Bermuda, to the Bahamas and preach. It wasn't right. anything like that. It was like, come to this, you know, random city. Random city. That's Oklahoma. normal. <laughs> yeah, that's normal and nothing special. Nothing to do and he said he knew it was it like he had a specific assignment when he went there so he was obedient he went he gets on the plane and there's like all this turbulence like so it's like he said it was like the worst turbulence that he's ever experienced in his life like it plane was rocking stuff was falling out of the bins mm. like he said even the flight attendants looked scared like it was just like a really bad yeah, turbulence and he said everybody on the plane was just like people were crying people were praying all these other things and um when he had first gotten on the plane the person sitting next to him you know they're like well what do you do for a living he's like ah oh, i'm a preacher yeah and what yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. He was saying what typically happens when he says that is the person shuts up and leaves him alone. <laughs> so that's exactly what happened. I'm going to start telling people I'm a preacher when I don't feel like talking. Right. I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. So anyway, so uh, when all the turbulence starts happening, the, the person next to him like looks over and is like, why are you so calm, basically? Like, what the heck is going on? And he was like, bruh, y'all are not, we're not going to die. And the person was like, how can you be so sure because you said a prayer? And he's like, no, because I'm on the plane and I have an assignment. And if you think that God is going to kill me um, before I complete this assignment, then you're bugging, bro. Like, you're bugging. And he was like, and because, and he said, really? And he said, he didn't say this to the person, but he was thinking in his head, like, really? You should be thanking me that you're on the plane with me because that means you're not going to die. You know what? First of all, (laughs) look, your bishop... (laughs) I know I love her bishop. Uh-huh. He's he my bishop. He petty. He petty. He, he petty. petty. I love a petty bishop. Okay? Yes. And I love it. And I feel much like that in this story too, because it's yeah. like, okay, you really think that like God is gonna allow the Son of Man to be swallowed up when he has a specific assignment to die for our sins, that the sea and a storm is gonna hurt him? Mm. That's really like good. no. He gave up his life for us, and you think that this little petty storm, like, even if it is the biggest storm that I've ever seen, it's still much smaller than the calling that Jesus had on his life. Yeah. So what are you what are you worried about? That's so good. That's so good. It reminds me. Of, of recently um or not not that recently but like not that far in the past either mm-hmm. I was frustrated at work and just going off slam off for no reason <laughs> um just fussing about like things essentially not going my my way or um, how I think that they, they should go and making it like harder for me to function and be um the best employee because y'all if you don't you don't know me personally one thing is Kristen cannot function unless she thinks she is the best in the room I love to be better than everybody True. I love to I just love to be better than everybody <laughs> and so even if it ain't true just like to feel that yeah, way yeah I do I do love to feel that way and so I felt like like the situation at work was getting in the way of like me being better than everybody and so I talked to my therapist about my frustrations shout out to my therapist if you don't have a therapist get one yes, everybody man. need one get a so therapist. I'm telling her about how I was feeling and um she basically reminded me that this job point blank period was God ordained and y'all it's a long story of how I, this job came about but there was no question in my mind mm-hmm. that it really is job like God ordained I didn't want this job I wasn't looking for this job it it fell in my lap Mm. basically and now that I have it I love it and I'm so grateful for it um but she just reminded me like this is some little frustration and yes it's it's stupid and yes you Mm -hmm. you are right however do you think that it's going to really interfere with your performance when God placed this job in like right Mm. in front of you he gave it to you and it was just a reality check to like sit down shut up and humble myself uh really to just remember that like God gave it to me. Nobody, no thing can take it away. The only person who could take it away and interfere with it was my own behavior. And right. so allowing this this situation to over frustrate me like it was going to actually interfere with my performance there was nonsense because it's a God-ordained job. So I really, really, really love um, that you pointed that out, that like 
they didn't look, they didn't pay attention to yeah. what Jesus was doing. They were they were worried about the storm surrounding them and didn't keep their eyes on the Savior, which is such a good metaphor for how we live our daily lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think perspective is so important. A lot of people throw around the phrase like my truth, which I personally despise because really your truth, what you mean is your perspective. Yes. Like truth is subjective, like or objective so there's no like it it encompasses everybody's point of view is the truth like no matter where you're sitting in a room truth is like everybody's perspective your truth is your perspective so for example if I'm sitting in the classroom and I have my my um back to the wall I can't see the wall behind me but the teacher who's at the front can it doesn't mean that there's so if I'm sitting in the back and I go well there's no wall there's no wall behind me just because I can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Right. And so the teacher's like, no, there's a wall behind it because I can see it. It would be dumb of me to say like, nope, nope, I hear you, but nope, mm-mm, nope, mm-mm, my truth is the only thing that matters. And that's what we do so many times. Like, yeah, well, you don't understand. Like, my life is like this and my life is so bad and all these things have happened. Don't nobody like me and I don't have a husband and I'm missing a thumb. And they say all these things. I don't things. have a husband. <laughs> Y'all, if y'all could see her, look. <laughs> Am I looking at the storm? I was about to say something mean, but I'm going to save that for off the pot. <laughs> no, but we say all these things and we blame the storm. And God is like, I get that. And you are correct. All those things did and are happening to you. But look at me. Like, that's good. I'm chilling. So guess what? You'll be okay. That's really good, Janae. Because it is true to an extent that like your perspective is your reality. But what people forget is that you can change your perspective. Right. Um, just like that that example that you used. If you are trying to say that the wall isn't there, all you have to do is turn your seat around. Right. Um, so yes, your perspective is your reality. But if you don't like your reality, then change your perspective is really the answer. Just like here, these oh ye a little faith pet, where Jesus pettily had to let them know, like why y'all tripping? All they had to do, as you mentioned, was look at what Jesus was doing. And so if they didn't like their reality, their perspective of this storm, like that looked like it was going to capsize the boat and kill them all. Yeah. Then they should have changed their perspective and instead of saying, what is the storm doing? What is Jesus doing? Yeah. So that's a word right there. So Kristen, let me ask you because I'm, don't ask me because I, I don't have an answer. <laughs> no, no, go, go for it. Okay. So I, just for fun, I don't know. May, I just want to know, what do you think the story would have been like if they had like noticed Jesus's stance during the storm? Like tell us the story again, but like, or not the whole thing, but tell us the so story. So I feel like what they should have done instead right. of waking homie up, right? It should have been like freaked out, okay? Because okay. everybody deserves a moment to freak out. Period. Uh, agree. Okay. If there's a storm and you're scared, you deserve a moment. But I think that they should have stopped and be like, "Hey, wait, yo, what? What's Rabbi doing? Right? Like, <laughs> like, what's Master doing right now?" And they should have took a moment and been like, "All right, you know what? Okay, look." Look, we are fishermen. We've been on boats. We know how to handle this. And Rabbi's chilling. So we're going to do what we need to do 
to like whatever and then they should have used the authority that Jesus had given mm. them to be like because they had been around Jesus for a minute at this point and yeah. Jesus had already told them several times like you you can do what I do you yeah. know what I'm saying and so they should have been like alright now that we're done freaking out let's go do X I don't know nothing about boats y'all so I'm making it up let's go do XYZ to the sale I don't know what they was doing like let's go handle what we know to do and then we're going to talk to talk to the storm while we're doing it. Just like Jesus later did when he woke up. They had that same authority. Yeah. And he had already told them that. Yeah. And that's what we should do in our lives as well. So we have, have room. We have the ability to freak out if we want to. We can do that. But it, we shouldn't stay in the freak out. Yeah. We need a moment. And then we go, okay, well, my God's chilling, so I'm chilling. That's so good. And handle our business. That's so good. Because Jesus, all he did when he woke up, he was like, peace be still. Literally, that's all he said. (laughs) You know why? Because bands wanted to go back to sleep. He just wanted to go back to his nap. So imagine if, like, the disciples would have been like, oh, my gosh, a storm. Peace be still. Right. They could have saved all, like, waking waking Jesus up and all this, like, heartache and confusion. Um, so I want to talk about a point that I got. And before I do, I just really want to say one thing that I I love um, having conversations about the Bible and especially doing this series um, with you, Janae, is that we always get such different things. Yeah. And so I want to sh- like just let our, our listeners know, my lovely listeners, I want to encourage y'all like... Like, that's how cool the word is. Um, Don't just listen to our podcast. Go read these stories by yourself and then call up, like, anybody and everybody who's willing to listen and see what they get out of it. Because every time we sit down to, like, have a conversation about what we got out of these stories, we both get so much different things. Yeah. Because that's the word for you. It, it, It talks to you who you are in your your season and I just love that so the point that I got from this story was really different from from what Janae got okay um so I was thinking about how I heard this story growing up literally like there's like 10 bible stories mm-hmm. that you hear when you're growing up and this is one of the 10 and they're the okay. only 10 too the, the only 10 <laughs> and there's lots of stories like really disturbing ones in the bible can yeah. we talk about them we will one day one day we'll talk about the disturbing ones but um well, we could do like a crime season oh that would be like fun a murder mystery I need, I need y'all to comment on this and and tell me if you want that because there are a lot of murder mysteries and they're like cr- criminal yes, style but when i hear this story i think we always focused on um it what the disciples were doing the oh ye little faith disciples just mm-hmm. like you said what what were they doing they weren't looking at at Jesus they were looking at the storm right and so i read it this time around and i was i wanted to look at like what did jesus's behavior mean mm. and he he essentially rebuked them is what he did and so to rebuke means to criticize sharply reprimand or reprimand and so I was thinking about it and um, it's funny because as I was reading and studying for last week too I got the same thing maybe God trying to tell me something Um, (laughs) but it's another instance of accountability for Mm, me yeah it's another clear-cut instance where the people who are following Jesus um, are are reprimanded they're they're rebuked that's not a good thing and so um, in this situation, God is holding them accountable for their their 
like lack of faith. And it just spoke out to me that when we see people that we love, because Jesus very much so loved them, stuck in fear or insecurity, that we should rebuke them. Mm. Um, now, with that being said, we always got a disclaimer because y'all like to just take stuff and, and run. run with it. Y'all like to take it. Give you an inch, you take a mile, okay? Right. Bring so, it back real quick for this so disclaimer. <laughs> before he said, Oh, ye of little faith, what did he say to the disciples, Janae? Or what did he say? He said, Peace be still. He said, Peace be still. He calmed the storm, yeah. right? Before he reprimanded them, he solved the problem. Mm. And so that's one thing I want y'all to take away from this. We are to hold the ones that we we love accountable. And we are to rebuke them when they're stuck in their insecure and their insecurity and they're stuck in their fear and they 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 won't fill out that job application because of whatever stupid reason or they won't right. go for opening their that business. I'm talking to myself right now. Right. Um for whatever reason like reprimand them, rebuke them, remind them that they're acting on little faith, but before Jesus reprimanded them, he saw the problem he didn't just go off on them he didn't just tell them about themselves. he solved their problem yeah. and we're not always in a situation or capable of solving the problem for people i understand that's not always the reality yeah. but if you can't at least present prevent present a solution Come before on. you go off yeah. then you need to keep your mouth shut and mind your mind business, your business. Yes. tune in next week for more on that but <laughs> But but that it just stood out to me because Jesus went off and he reprimanded them, but he didn't do so without having a solution to the problem that was so concerning good. them at first. And it, it just really reminded me of how we, we treat each other. We love to tell people like what to do without offering them solutions. And I think that we do need to hold them accountable, but not unless you have a solution first. And if you don't, shut up. Right. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And that's such a good point. Like that will 100% preach. Yeah. Okay? That will preach because a lot of times, especially in my in my experience, I know some of y'all who are, you know, have turned away from the church and like, yo, I'm never going to church ever again because they're hypocrites. I get it. And here's why. Because there's so many church people, quote unquote, who want to be uh, or appear to be or present themselves as these great people who are above reproach. Like they just like, I'm just untouchable. You can't tell me anything type of deal. And the the truth of the matter is that's not true. Like Jesus shows us countless times. And this is one of them. How like the closer you are to him, the more you're going to get rebuked. Like mm, That's so good. <laughs> all of them individually and collectively got rebuked by him somewhere in the Bible. You know what I mean? And so Absolutely. he's like, I'm doing that not to be mean or not to be an a-hole, but because like I legit care about you and I want you to see like the error of your mindset or what you did or what you said. Like, if I didn't care about you, then I'd just let you do whatever. That's so And it's so often that, like, we feel like or we think even subconsciously, okay, if I come to Jesus and I get close to him, then I won't have to answer to anybody. And it's like, nah, you're actually more accountable to everybody. (laughs) absolutely yeah and you you can get rebuked from anywhere like I have a couple spiritual children and I remember like the first time one of my spiritual daughters like rebuked me Mm -hmm. and I was like oh 
put you in your place quick. Like in my mind, like the flesh in me was like, you don't know I'm, I, you know who I am. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. how long I'm, I done covered you. I done did all these things for you and you going to tell me. And then I thought about it. And the question was like, but is she right? Absolutely. And the answer was like, yeah. Yeah, that's so good. But it was like, ah, uh-uh, ain't no but. You wrong. It's so good. And and I understand that too. We do, um, we get people hurt, church hurt. It doesn't matter what situation um, we're in. And we, we get so upset when people try to correct us. But the reality is that like giving correction to somebody else in their blind spot doesn't make you a hypocrite so long as you're willing to take correction in your own. And that's what happens a lot with church hurt. Church hurt is people are unwilling to take correction because they see like somebody else's fault. But like, you know, uh, that whatever church mother comes over here and is like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this, honey, da 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 or um, a church staff member, whoever it is. And all that person can see is, well, I know that they did this and I know that they did this and I know that they cheated on their husband one time and they kids is out here running the streets. And so how are they going to tell me? But they have no idea the reprimand and rebuke that they're getting from the people in their life who are holding them accountable. And like I said, as long as that person is coming to you with a solution to the problem, right. you better take that rebuke and shush. Yeah, so if you're the person who's taking the rebuke, my advice would be um, look at the heart behind it. Like Absolutely. like I said, like in my case, like are they actually right? Like, yeah, that's so good. Is what they're saying lines up with the word of God? If so, then even if you don't like their approach, you should probably listen to it. And if you're the person giving the, the, the rebuke, make sure, like Kristen said, that you have a solution to the problem. Maybe you can't pay their rent, but maybe what you can do is buy them groceries so that they have, you know, they at least can save $100 and that can go towards their Absolutely. rent. Absolutely. That's so good. So good. And the last thing that I really, um, that really stood out to me about Jesus being petty up on this boat when they woke him up from the nap is, I guess it kind of ties into Janae's point though, but like he knew that the storm would come. Yeah. He wasn't unaware of the situation that they were getting into at all whatsoever. He's literally the son of God and God (laughs) himself, like he knew exactly what would happen. So he got on that boat and he took a nap knowing what would happen. Um, but he walked them into that situation because he also knew it was their faith that needed help. They lacked in the area of faith. And right. so they walked them, walked the disciples straight into a situation in which their faith could be built. Right. And it just reminded me of the many times in my life when I needed something and God didn't grant it like a ma- magic genie. Oh, I want a new car and I just got a new car. He often like walks us into situations where we build character. That's good. And so this was one of those instances where he didn't just, um, he knew they needed faith. So we walked him into a situation where he knew that he could let them build character and build their faith by going through the whole, you know, freaking them out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's such a good lesson, but yeah, I mean, I just love this story so much. I One, because Jesus is petty. And two, because if I ever needed to know if I'm close to Jesus, I always identify with the disciples because they always cutting up and messing up. And that's they me. Do. Absolutely. <laughs> they just mess you for no reason. Absolutely. They don't so listen. Messy. 
I love it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the KJV podcast. Make sure that you share it and make sure that, you, of course, you listen next week because next week, bruh, let me tell you. Yeah. You don't want to miss this story. It's so good. It's, it's so, so good. funny. And we talk about one of my favorite people. Yes. Peter is my homie. I am Peter and Peter is me. So <laughs> that's that's what it is. So, yes, guys. So um, thank you so much for listening. Bye. <laughs> I can't breathe. Why do we act like this? You've been listening to a Believer Entertainment production.